We do not want to do this course motivated by fear. Having fear as the foundation of our work just sets us up for failure because we tend to create that which we focus on. So it's important that we don't allow fear to dominate our search for love. It's much more effective to say, I am ready and available for for love than it is to say, I can't stand being alone. If you do this course motivated only by fear, such as an anxiety that you'll never be loved, you may find that you generate that very thing you fear the most. That's because it's the thing you are focused on. And it's the thing that has been the most that has the most energy around it. everybody welcome back to shooters gotta shoot i am your co-host erica sparrow and i'm molly demilier and we've got a great episode for you guys this week uh thank you so much for tuning in we are going back to a book we've referenced before called calling in the one we did this forever ago yeah long time ago and we were not fans right but now we have a bit of a new outlook on it because you if you've been listening to the patreon by the way you probably already know molly revisited the book and has actually found a few helpful things from it yeah so i'm starting to take it actually like chapter by chapter and like really do the practices Mm -hmm. um so for people who don't know calling in the one it's a seven week course basically um it's supposed to attract the love of your life that's i think a bit of marketing speak but um (laughs) i have found it to be very very introspective and it's really interesting because it was kind of something that i was trying to do anyways like you said like if you've been listening to the patreon you know this is kind of like a kick that i've been on of just like trying to turn over a new leaf i guess Mm -hmm. um and just really like look deeper of the things that drive me in my personal life um and so a friend of mine said that they were doing this book and i was like oh that's sitting on my bookshelf (laughs) uh let me give it a try and so it's really a lot of uh, so far uh, I'm in the first like couple of weeks it's just been a lot of like journaling and meditation on sort of like what your goals and drivers are mm-hmm. and also some of your fears and things that might be causing roadblocks in your relationships mm-hmm. um, so it's been really interesting I think one of the things that I didn't like about it the first time we did this was I believe we were talking about manifesting. Yeah, we read the manifesting section. And yeah, we were like, it's not gonna just come to you, right? And so in taking it piece by piece, it really is a practice that builds. Um, so you start out very small and doing a little bit more of, um, it kind of reminds me of like guided yoga meditations of just like saying when the instructor is like telling you to open yourself up and open up your heart and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and you're just kind of like okay whatever um but it's really just more of like mindfulness I feel like of just like taking that moment to just clear your head and like wipe out the noise um and then as you adopt that into your practice then you move in a little bit more to to thinking clearly of like goals mm-hmm. um when it goes into the actual practice section she talks about like what are your actual goals like outline them make a vision board um get it on paper and then like that is like the idea of manifesting which i can get behind a bit more mm-hmm. yeah or it's like a lot of people say in general like i would like to be in a relationship i would like to find someone 
but a lot of times we don't really sit and think like, what are we looking for? And I feel like we referenced that a little bit with our Finding Mr. Height episode where she was like, we often focus on red flags, but what are the green flags specifically that we're looking for in people? No, Well, yeah, you're right. But this book is very much about not what you're looking for in someone else. It's like what you need to uncover in yourself, okay. which I think is super interesting because everything else is telling you to like look at the other person, judge the other person. You know, are they mm-hmm. going to be... I mean, even like the best recommendations are like, are they going to be a good father? Are they a good person? It's like none of that actually matters if you haven't cleaned house, Mm -hmm. you know, like if you haven't done the work on yourself, then none of like what you're judging another person can really be like, I, it's just like not valid. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've felt this of hearing women critique men and they'll say something that I'm sitting there going like, well, you do that yeah like even just like little things not like a big thing but i mean a common example i think of is i hear a lot of women say like uh, i mean i don't know if this relates to the book but like says they'll say something like i want a guy that makes x amount of money Mm. and i'm sitting there being like well you don't make x amount of money and not that you have to to get that but it just feels like a weird judgment call to make on someone else yeah it it absolutely is and so what this book does it's more of like why do you want a relationship like what what's your driving force Mm -hmm. um versus like critiques Mm -hmm. i guess okay yeah Yeah. it's interesting and uh we originally got this book because i knew someone that that her and her whole friend group did this book and then apparently met the person that they're now married to Mm -hmm. which i was like okay i'll bite so yeah, interesting. Have you read this cover to cover? I have not read it cover to cover. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, it worked, but... <laughs> I'm just saying, they, listen, I got the book. I mean, you're currently doing, you know, the pages. So I'm not going to be like, Molly, give me that. And let me look at your notes. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, what Molly write? four years. <laughs> I know, I didn't go through the whole book. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, we picked it up and my first impression of it was I hated it, to be honest. What didn't you like about it? It seemed to, uh, I hate if this feels like an old thing to say. It, was feel, it felt too like wah, wah, woo, woo to me. Okay. Does that make sense? Like a little too, uh, you know. Well, I, don't, I don't know the correct phrase to describe it. But like well, a little too out there or like things that I kind of categorize under like hippie-ish. How much of it did you read? Not a ton. I read like the first two chapters and I was like, this is okay. not for me. Have you ever tried meditating? Like, do you believe in meditating? Um, I have tried more visualization. Okay. Techniques. So it's that's a form of meditating, right? I'm not sure. Okay. Because the beginning is very like meditative and mm-hmm. sort of like, like getting in the deep breaths and that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. But before we get too far, we are sponsored. Um, sunsetlakecbd.com for all your CBD needs. Uh, everything to get you through the new year. Omicron is coming. You gotta chill out, guys. Get some CBD. Relax. And uh, if you got some shitty Christmas presents, return them. Sauce it on over to CB, uh, sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code SGS20 for 20% off and get yourself something you really want. Yeah, they have stuff for everybody. Uh, you, your pet. Your grandma. <laughs> Just <laughs> get involved. Uh, they got great stuff all over. Uh, they have some special stuff that also has some melatonin in it to help you sleep. 
uh, or regular things for through the day. So all we've heard is positive reviews uh, from not only us, but from our fans and listeners who have used it. And they love, they love it. They love these guys. They're great. So SGS20 for 20% off at sunsetlakecbd.com. And if you want extra discounts, extra giveaways, and extra behind-the-scenes content of the show, uh, join us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash shootersgottashoot. And just for 5 bucks a month, you can help support the show and get a lot of extra content and really find out even more about this book and what's going on uh, with Molly checking it out. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in. Um, today we're doing lesson number four, which is love for love's sake. Um, and the practice for it is... Uh, rooted in essence qualities so um, just a sneak peek it says essence qualities are a property of love so it's just a foundation for doing this course and finding love so kind of keep that in the back of your mind as we're going through but it really tries to tee up like what is the driving force for you to find love Mm. which i thought was really interesting because it feels like we're constantly told just it's like a natural progression right right you're just like you're supposed to find someone make babies and die Hmm. basically like there's you find your soulmate yeah you're just soulmates so it works yeah Mm. and like there's not really a rationale for like why um but it's something that everyone is really looking for but she points out in the beginning that motivation it drives everything that we do Mm -hmm. She says, when it all boils down to the very heart of the matter, we have to decide what it's all about for us. We have to ultimately choose what makes sense to us and then reflect that choice in the ways in which we approach bringing in a mate. One reason that so many relationships fail is that we are going into them for reasons that can't sustain us, that can't sustain us. We're afraid to be alone. We want someone to give us what our parents did not. We are hoping to be taken care of financially. Whereas at one time, these reasons were perfectly acceptable ones for choosing a life partner. They are no longer sufficient. So just listening to that, do you have, like, is there something that you feel like motivates you to find love? I mean, for me, it's just mostly wanting to share my life with someone. Okay. I don't feel like I look at them to, like, fill gaps. Okay. But it's like, yeah, there's definitely times that, you know, you just feel lonely for whatever reason. And Mm -hmm. that's usually when your brain sparks the thought of like, oh, why am I not with someone? Mm -hmm. Um, More so that way. But like when I'm looking for someone, I'm like, yeah, I just want someone to be with on a basic level of Mm -hmm. like, you know, just enjoy my life with. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't look at like (laughs) me getting like a one bedroom apartment by myself as like the dream for forever. Okay. You know, if, if you put it that way, I guess. Okay. I think about it like the part that really hit me was that the relationships fail because we're getting them into reasons that can't sustain us. And I just feel like I've never really put much thought into the reason why I'm getting into the relationship. It's mm. because it's just something that pops up and I'm like, oh, this person's cool. This person's fun. We click. I've never really had a reason of like, this is like these are my goals from it or like this is the part of me that i'm trying to grow yeah i wouldn't say i'd think the growth part or like the part of myself that i want to be better yeah i mean i've definitely dated people and thought about the future and like goals with that person but like getting into the relationship have you been like okay this is what i want and and like going after a relationship right now 
because like she's saying like step one is the thought process yeah i mean i think it's more i I look at it more i haven't been in a serious relationship in adulthood so i haven't even hit that point but it's like Mm -hmm. when i'm dating someone for like one two months i am thinking about like do i really see a future with this person okay like do i see this going somewhere do i feel like we have similar goals in terms of long-term goals of life okay so it's like i guess i've never hit the point that it was that deep of like really having those conversations yeah so it's not so i don't think what she's saying is like even to have the conversations it's just like before you even meet this person establish what those reasons are in your head and like those end goals well what would be like some of the reasons or goals like why are you getting into a relationship and yours is you're saying you want to share your life with someone but what i'm saying is i've never thought about that oh okay i'm just like oh i met someone this is fun let's keep the fun going and like the thought process has hit me after the Mm. meeting has occurred versus like really taking the time to think of like okay what do i want right now Mm -hmm. and what do i want from a long-term relationship yeah i feel like when you have that mentality we all now what's coming to mind is people i have dated that i'm like oh if i had that mentality i would not have dated them nearly that long right even though they weren't even that long to begin with yeah like three months like oh i would have i would have been out after like three weeks (laughs) right you know kind of thing yeah that's kind of like the sparky people Mm -hmm. it's like oh like we just clicked and we shouldn't have to think more about it but it's Mm -hmm. like okay if you are truly building something you should put a lot of thought into that yeah it's hard sometimes as women though because then i feel like you'll get labeled as like you know wanting too much too quickly per se if you're saying that out loud why do you think that well, I think there's something to with everyone in general of like people don't get married super, super young anymore. So like if you were 22 dating with this mentality, not that it's wrong, mm-hmm. but it's like, yeah, I think it would, I guess, scare off a lot of people or you would have people judging you of kind of like, why don't you just have a little fun? Like figure out what you really want. Like don't stress about all this future stuff. You're so young. And then it's funny that then when you are suddenly approaching 30, everyone kind of flips and it's like, aren't you really going to settle down with someone? And it's like, Two seconds ago, you were telling me to have fun. Right. Now you're trying to you're telling me to just shift my whole perspective and I should be like weeding things out at the very, very beginning. So it's a, I don't know. It's an interesting thing I've felt. Mm. Or like naturally didn't worry about myself. And I feel like it's because I guess I didn't feel societal pressures or family pressures or even pressures from like other friends being in serious relationships. So yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I've never really thought about myself. And I feel like this book is telling you that like, the most important relationship is the one that you have with yourself. So you mm-hmm. need to like understand that the most. Yeah. And I feel like I've just never unpacked that. Okay. So she goes on to say, whenever we create a relationship that is based on anything less than the motivation to truly love and be loved, it's only a matter of time before we become restless and discontented. She says, we can no longer get away with creating loving relationships inside of con- a context of fear and deprivation. So that's like just trying to fill voids and because we feel desperate for something, which I think this is interesting because she always goes on to say, like, we can no longer do this. Um, She she keeps saying that, like, we can no longer get away with this. And, you know, love today needs this. So I'm I'm curious if like there were other generations where just like a different version of love existed. And Mm -hmm. if modern relationships are demanding more, you think modern ones are demanding more that's what i'm wondering Mm. um and if that is also what makes it so challenging for people who are single today because when you think about it we look at our parents we look at our grandparents of 
wanting to replicate those love stories and it's like okay maybe we can't because mm. she's implying that like these days she goes on to say love works these days only when entered into for loving reasons to extend and expand and to grow and to give to bless and be blessed whereas before i kind of feel like relationships were very like i mean there was a financial aspect to them Mm -hmm. you know you married based on social class and social norms versus like to actually feel love Mm mm-hmm yeah, it was who's available to you, who's near you. Mm-hmm. That was one of the stats from Modern Romance. It was like, God, I don't know the percentage, but it was over 50%. Ended up marrying someone that just lived within like a mile to five mile radius mm-hmm. from them. And like not in a city, like in the suburbs, which it's like, you're literally like that's what your apartment building or your neighborhood. Like yeah. not very big. Right. This I have some some thoughts about. She says, we're either surviving or we're thriving in life. To survive indicates that we are operating under the assumption that life is dangerous and it's set up for us to not get what we need. The others that others are out there to get us and that if we stop manipulating and conjoling, we would soon go under. To thrive means that we have chosen a new foundation. We've stepped into an awareness that the possibilities for love in our lives are unlimited, that abundance is ours for the asking, and that we have to bring to the table and that what we have to bring to the table is very much welcomed. And that if we just open up ourselves and start trusting both ourselves and others more, goodness and love will flow towards us always. Do you think that it's just one or the other? Like either you're thriving or you're surviving? I mean, I guess that just depends on the person. So I was kind of thinking that I do think there's kind of like these two poles of like thrive and survive. But I think that there's a middle that she's forgetting about of growing. And I think that like based on where you are in your growth i think that it can like either skew towards more of this survival feeling or more of this like thrive feeling and then that's where people can kind of like oscillate back and forth of whether or not they're like going really really strong in just their self-development or they kind of feel like they're drowning and in this survival mode yeah i'd say there's a lot of times i didn't feel like i was surviving or thriving i was like in the middle Mm -hmm. of like yeah i don't feel like it's going super well and there's a lot going on but i also don't feel like i'm struggling in any way yeah well i feel like the growth is also one that it like it's still like on a movement like a trajectory of movement um and it makes me think about um one of my hr directors told me one of the most fascinating things one time and it was that when a baby learns a new skill or like start like something new it that's when it's the fussiest Mm. because its body is under so so much stress and so that's what i was thinking about during this of like sometimes in those moments of self-growth you can feel the worst and it's because you're getting you're kind of like learning something new like it's a natural human reaction but we don't acknowledge it Mm -hmm. that when you're like going through a period of growth you're actually feeling like massive massive stress like mentally and emotionally um and as you get older like those fussy like freak out moments are less acceptable but like when a baby does it it's fine (laughs) yeah yeah it's just i mean that's when people have big life changes is usually when they feel like they're at some type of kind of bottom yeah when they're just like nothing's working and they yeah that's i feel like that's often for a lot of us we're kind of going through whatever our usual routine is 
daily routine or weekend routine, whatever it is. And then finally, when something just like kind of like hits you in a way that you're finally like, oh, okay, I'm going to make a change. Yeah. Pressure makes diamonds, baby. Yep. Um, so that's something that I've been trying to do of just like really think about like when I'm feeling those like really intense pressure moments of like, okay, how can I turn this feeling of like pure survival into thriving? Mm -hmm. And like what little changes can I make to sort of like move the meter a little bit to get there? She said, most of us are living life as though it were happening to us rather than through us that we are not present in the fact that we are constantly generating our lives as though they are great works of art. The tools are given from which to create our thoughts, our beliefs, our assumptions, actions, decisions, and words. So for me, I feel like she's saying that like, we need to be more proactive rather than reactive Mm -hmm. in our lives. And this is what I was saying of like, I feel like for me, particularly in relationships, they've just like stumbled upon them. And I'm like, well, my life has just been happening to me. Yeah rather than like something i've like gone after yeah but i feel like it's a combo in what way a combo of just obviously you can't control everything but i agree with a lot of times we look at stuff of like oh why does this always happen to me like it's almost like a negative lens of like this always happens to me instead of looking at yourself and being like oh this happened how can i handle this thing right well i think of it as like when people always say why do i always date get why do i always get like emotionally unavailable men and then a lot of times someone else is like, well, is it just that you're accepting un- uh, like emotionally unavailable men? Yeah. Like you are choosing them at right. a certain point. Them showing up, you can't, you know, control right. of who you meet out in the wild fully, you know, of like, oh, this person talked to you. They asked you on a date. Cool. You can go on a date with that person. Like, but then once you realize and see it's not what you want, it's like, okay, well then you're choosing to still be in that or try it or try to change it. Like yeah and like what indicators are you putting up that you are also this emotionally unavailable person right yeah you know because it like you're attracting that Mm -hmm. you know and the person thinks that there's a green light like i early on in the pod i had that phase where i think it was like five or six dudes in a row were in a relationship Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was just like what is happening i was like something i am doing Mm -hmm. and a bit of it is like the subconscious mind yeah I think a lot of times I think that comes from being like chill. What do you mean? Of like being chill girl, cool girl. Cause I've had that with guys too. And I think there's partly this like, oh, she's chill. She's not going to go like saying stuff to people. I think it's a little deeper. I mean, it probably is deeper than that too, but. I think it's like more of this like mental and emotional state that you're in too. And like, I think i've been in the past like not accepting that i was emotionally unavailable Mm because i'm just like yeah like i want a relationship because i'm told i'm supposed to want that yeah or like i want to have fun i want to you know have someone to kick it with and it's just like okay but like you're not actually like doing any of the things Mm -hmm. that you need to do to get there yeah or it's i mean vulnerability is a lot like trust of like how you're going to find out if someone else is going to be that way with you is often you have to do it too right so it's like yeah, someone's got to open up first. Sometimes right. it's going to be you. Sometimes it's going to be them. But like, that's why it's so scary is because it's like, it's you're going to get your answer. Right. Like, how are they going to handle me not having a great day or even just me telling them this thing about my past? Like, that's very telling. And that's why those, you know, conversations are the hardest. Yeah. And I think like a big part of this book is like understanding that like those are valuable like whatever your feelings are behind those things are valuable and like also 
the things that upset you and some of like like the things about my past there's a whole section like later on about just like letting those things go and like Mm -hmm. finding forgiveness and i think that's super important for actually like being okay with that thing that's happened right um so it's it's interesting yeah it's hard to like just take the lesson from the past and not the like what's the word not like grudges in relationship but like almost like the like resent yeah resentment or like the trauma that came from it that's very that's very tough very hard to do yeah but it's so healing when Mm -hmm. you can finally just look at something and be like i i don't care anymore yeah you know like it doesn't have any power over me i felt that with like being angry at people i dated Mm -hmm. and then finally just like the anger's not there anymore yeah it's such a relief yeah but so hard to get there and it takes time (laughs) yeah it's it's frustrating yeah frustrating to sit there and go why do i still care about this yeah i want to not care yeah and i think we actually talked about that with case kenny when he was like healing from stuff is not a linear thing no we think it's just like okay we're officially over it it's like no that's it's a long process yeah and like you're gonna have speed bumps and setbacks Mm -hmm. like you know like an instagram story might pop up and it just hits you the wrong way and you're like why do i still care like i thought i was over this yeah but it's like understanding that those things happen it's like okay what are you upset about Mm -hmm. just take that moment and unpack it yeah and sometimes it's hard to like really look inward and admit that it's like okay i'm jealous that they found someone it sucks to say that yeah or it's it's hard to say that out loud yeah especially like with friends you're like oh they're gonna they don't want to hear about this well so that's something i really love about this book is that it's journaling too Mm -hmm. so it's like you can be a little bit more honest and i find myself writing things i'm like oh how did we get here right (laughs) yeah that's therapy baby yeah (laughs) say what you really want to (laughs) say take that therapist who kicked me out (laughs) um okay so she says often when we want to create something that we do not yet possess we stand inside of fear rather than come from a place of possibility instead of owning our own readiness to expand into love we are contradicted and anxious even the idea of moving into a consciousness of possibility can feel scary we don't want to be disappointed we're afraid that if we ask for what we want we may be denied and that we'll feel even more deprived we're terrified that we'll find out that our worst fear is true and we really are unworthy of love that ask for what you want line hits yeah Mm. yeah i mean that's as vulnerable as you can be right yep and I think, I mean, to add on to that, if you don't get what you want, you need to be ready to go. Yep. To part with something that's not right for you. I feel like that's 90% of the time when someone complains to you about something in their relationship, my answer is just, well, you got to tell them that. Yeah. I'm like, it's, nothing's going to change. Like, right. You can vent to me all you want and I'll listen, but you know, you got to communicate that to them. Right. You can't be mad someone's not giving you something you need. Or that a relationship isn't going the direction you want without having, like, somewhat of a conversation. Right. And, like, that's what's going to build resentment. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this, I feel like, is very obvious, but it's just, like, a small tweak that I think is really important. She says, we do not want to do this course motivated by fear. Having fear as the foundation of our work just sets us up for failure because we tend to create that which we focus on. So it's important that we don't allow fear to dominate our search for love. It's much more effective to say, I am ready and available for for love than it is to say, I can't stand being alone. If you do this course motivated only by fear, such as an anxiety that you'll never be loved, 
you may find that you generate that very thing you fear the most. That's because it's the thing you are focused on. And it's the thing that has been the most ener- that has the most energy around it. A good indication that your fo- good indication that your foundation is fear is the feeling of desperation. If you are feeling desperate, you you can be sure that you are rooted in fear. I think this is just like such a clear testament to the subconscious mind. Yeah, and I think this is the hardest thing to change. Mm-hmm. Like reading that, you're like, yes, of course, this mm-hmm. makes sense. But then you also sit there and go, but I, how do I help that I still have those anxieties or fears or like kind of loss of hope? I don't know if it's like helping that you have them, but it's changing your mindset to be more positive. So I think it's like taking the negatives to f- just flip it on its head. Like, have you ever done incantations? No. So I do this in moments where I actually get really, really stressed. Sometimes I'll even pick like a lyric of a song and or like when i want to make a big change and when i run i repeat it over and over in my head and i feel like this course does a little bit of that and like the uh some of the practices it just has you repeat the positive statement over and over again in your writing and some of the biggest changes i've made in my life have been after like a few weeks of doing these incantations can i ask what's the difference between an incantation and uh, an affirmation um I actually don't really know. Because what you just said, I was like, oh, affirmations. So I think an affirmation is more like, I am beautiful. I am smart. Okay. And an incantation, like mine, when I was trying to get my last job, uh, it was the change is mine to make, was what I kept saying. Okay. It's it's like a a driver. Um, Or is it like when someone says the universe is going to bring me exactly what I need? Something along those lines? No. No? It's... um, it's more of just like a, it's a mental trick to be more of like a motivating factor. And so I chose the changes mind to make because I knew that I was just sitting there in kind of this self-pity of like, I hate my job. I'm absolutely miserable. I'm not making enough money. And then I just sat there one day. I was like, well, no, I kind of was like, the universe isn't going to bring this to me. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just going to happen. The only one who can make this change is me. So then it just motivated me every day I just sat there and as I was running every day I kept saying it over and over in my head so that that it was also like as a good time to do it is when you're working out because of the positive endorphins Mm -hmm. and so it then just fuels you mentally to be like okay let's go go get it let's go get after it make Mm -hmm. something happen um and an affirmation is more of just like those things where you like look in the mirror and you're like you are smart you are beautiful you can do it you can accomplish everything I don't think you have to look in the mirror, but yeah, I think they're more directly you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. So I think with this, it's like taking those moments of like, when you're like, I think lonely is a great mm-hmm. example of like, I'm just feeling so lonely. Why don't I have someone to share this with? It's like, like, how could we flip that? I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's opening it up and saying, I'm ready to share my life with someone. Yes. Instead of just sitting there being like, why is this happening to me? Or why is this not happening to me? Mm-hmm. See how that like flips your brain? Yeah. I think it makes it like more actionable too. It is, but it's just like, I don't know, but sometimes you sit there being like, okay, I'm feeling this feeling. Like I need to just kind of feel this feeling. Mm. And I understand like trying to not have your mind think negatively and look at it of why am I not with someone? 
but I guess for me, sometimes with these things, it's like, okay, well, often I feel like if I do do this candentation, it like is kind of muting my feeling and it's making me like ignore it in a way. Mm. You don't feel like it's becoming your fuel. No, no. Cause I'm someone that like, I feel like a lot of times I don't just sit with my feelings. So then my move is when I feel any type of feeling that I don't like, I'm like, I am actively trying to do something to change that feeling or, or it's just like, I've sat there feeling lonely being like, well, I know that I'm like a good person and that I do deserve to be with someone and I'm hoping to be in someone, but it's, it is, it's just hard to have that like, okay, yeah, but I still feel sad, you know? Mm, Okay. That it's, I'm not saying they're wrong to do them and they can help. It's just, sometimes it's just like, all right, it didn't work in this moment and I just kind of feel sad. Yeah, I think it's okay to like feel your feelings. Like when, do you ever have a moment where you're like, okay, like I had my feels. Like I was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, I'm just sad. I'm in a depression nest, like just sitting here with my wine. She's like, it's just a night that I like need to be sad. And like, then we're going to get after it. Like, I think those moments are important. Like, do you have those where like, okay, like going to just feel what I need to feel right now. And then like take action. Oh, that's that's exactly what I do. So what's like the difference between that and like this? Like when you take action, what do you, I guess, like telling yourself? Um, well, when I have my sad night, I have my sad night and I'm like sad night or sad day. And then I'm just like, all right, tomorrow's a new day. And I'll usually make a like, what am I going to do in the morning to like get myself up and after it? So it might be something simple of like, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to go for a walk. Just like something active in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times when I'm in that sad place, I kind of just reflect of like, okay, what am I doing? And what's something that I can change and try to do better or do differently? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, sometimes when it's just like a lonely feeling, it's like, you know, you look at life and you'll be like, okay, I am trying to be on dating apps. I am, I signed up for this thing to join where I'm going to meet people. And you kind of feel like, okay, I am doing the things. So I'm just having a sad night. Yeah. Like is what it is. Tonight's a wash. We're not doing work. We're going to have a sad night and we're going to just have a better day tomorrow. Okay. So I guess, I guess that's kind of how I handle it. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I think like, one thing I'm trying to work on too is like when I set action for something, I don't want to use negative words to do it. Do you ever say like, stop doing this or don't do that? Mm, no. I, it's more I have the thing of why do I feel this way? But I've never been like, stop. I've had that with crying in the past. Okay. That I would feel like, why am I crying? Just stop crying. Like, mm-hmm. This is not worth crying over. Mm-hmm. Like you have shit to do or... Go do something out, like actively be like, leave your house. Don't cry. Go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, that's something I've learned. I'm like, no, no, no. When you have a cry coming, just like, just cry. Yeah. Just, just have the cry. Don't beat yourself up about having the cry. Right. So, but I, crying is my one thing that I would, oh, I would beat myself up uh, over for no reason. <laughs> just, like, just almost feeling like, and it felt like sports. It's like, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you've got another play coming, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you're not you're not into the positive affirmations and the. I'm not anti affirmations. I'm just like. Sometimes you're just like it's not happening today. 
Yeah. I mean, I don't think this needs to be like all you ever do. Yeah. But in terms of like making a sweeping change. Mm. So then she goes on and says that you need to choose your essence qualities, which are the foundation for your quest for love. So she says an essence quality is a property of love. I'm inviting you to anchor yourself in love as the foundation for doing this course. So if you've been deeply betrayed in the past, you might anchor yourself in healing and courage as you open yourself to love. If you have been abandoned, you might want to take on cultivating trust and openness as your new foundation for creating loving relationships. It is from this place that doing your own inner healing is the most powerful and most appropriate to call in true love. So she has like a whole little like glossary of words here. And uh, she asks you to pick your essence qualities. And then um, for each of the ones you choose, create a statement of affirmation to anchor and ground you in that quality. Um, and then you're supposed to write them 10 or more times. Okay. So What are some of the words, I guess, just um, people to reference? Yeah. Some of the words, abundance, awe, compassion, courage, divine love, forgiveness, fun, gratitude, honesty, integrity, kindness, love, optimism, play, self-love, surrender, trust, wonder, acceptance appreciation celebration ease generosity healing humor lightness openness rejuvenation um passion laughter intimacy it's it's pretty broad so are you supposed to pick ones or like what are my core ones yeah so what um so like what would be basically your foundation for finding love and kind of like understanding your behaviors in love the your, just your reasons for wanting mm-hmm. to do it and like your your reasons for wanting to open yourself up okay so what would you say would be like your top three words that you would pick mine um were trust and confidence in uh capability okay and the affirmation statements i made i combined confident and cap- capability um but my affirmation statements were i trust others to love me because um, one of the things i'm really feeling is that i have this deep fear of abandonment and i think that's why i don't go all in mm-hmm. and also attract more of these emotionally unavailable people um is that i feel like i am not like, I don't trust that someone's going to love me. So when I get anxious, when I'm seeing someone, it's because I don't trust that they're actually going to, like, text me back and little things. And it's like, okay. okay, it's this trust that I have to, like, have for this other person to actually love me. Um, And for confident and capable or confidence and capability, I just said I am confident and capable of love. Okay. So it almost can be something that you're like, this is not a strong point of mine. It should be. Yeah, because it's taking that negative of like me saying, I don't trust other people in relationships. I'm terrified of abandonment Mm -hmm. and flipping it on its head of, okay, how am I going to get better? And it's that I trust others to love me. And by repeating it, it just reaffirms it in your mind. Okay. I like this. I'm not anti this. (laughs) (laughs) i don't think this is bullshit no i'm just you know it's just interesting yeah um or it's definitely this is 
this is put in a way that I don't, I don't think we've come across in other books mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh yeah, this, this is unique. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's all about you. It's not about anybody else at all, which I think is so interesting. And it really, really causes you to look inward, which I think is what's so uncomfortable about it, but also why people are so successful with it. It's like, okay, you're finally like not nitpicking someone's Tinder bio. Like you're actually looking at yourself and the shit that like you haven't really unpacked. Right. Yeah. I mean, in terms of online dating, I feel like a lot of times it's easy to like get annoyed or frustrated or like mad at another person just based on the interaction they have with you of like, they're not behaving or acting like the way that you want them to act. Yeah. And it's flipping that to just being like, yeah, just, I don't accept that. Goodbye. Yeah. And it's just like, this doesn't matter. Yeah. Like there's power in just being like, all right, bye. Like, yeah. You know, as much as sometimes it has negative things with online dating of you might be quick to write people off, but it's like, I've had that where you're having a brief conversation and you know, say someone says something like crazy sexual or basically like tries to just hook up with you and you're just like annoyed. And it's like, why am I annoyed? Just let it go. Right. Like, just like, okay, bye. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, this has no actual, like, hold on my life yeah 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 so i don't know do you have any essence qualities that you feel like fit you um or like sort of like your your reason for wanting love i mean i guess for mine off the top would probably be i kind of putting like compassion and joy somewhat looped together for me of like yeah i would like just a very like happy loving relationship that it's like, I guess, I guess joy is kind of the thing of like, yeah, I guess I just, I haven't, I don't, I'm not experiencing the joy of being with someone and feeling like there's like extra joy in my life um, when it comes to love, if that makes sense. Okay. So like, what would your statement, your affirmation be? Like That's what I'm trying to think. God, I hate to say like Marie Kondo, but it kind of feels along those lines of like something that brings you joy. Yeah. Wait, you said joy and what? Compassion? Um, Compassion was the other one that kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. So I think it would be like, I have, I have a joyful life. Right. And I, like, I am worthy of compassion or deserving of compassion. Yeah. Or if you want to make it more outward rather than like someone like receiving compassion, I think you would say like, I am capable of compassion yeah definitely a board that's coming to me that's not on this list is like direction how so like in what what kind of direction of like i guess in general being like okay so the thing i really want in my next relationship is like having kind of this sense of direction of like this is going somewhere and seeing it go somewhere Mm. because i feel like i've had plenty of people that were great people and i loved their company and got along with but i always didn't have any sense of direction with them like Mm -hmm. i knew it wasn't going to next steps or like a real future so i'm like what's something i could make with direction maybe like i have a a path of clear direction yeah yeah i think that's it i don't know i'm into it i'm drinking the (laughs) (laughs) kool-aid i mean i'm i'm proud of you thanks because i don't i don't think this is something a few months ago you would be into doing absolutely not i feel like you I don't know. I don't know what it was that like flipped a switch, but yeah. I'm impressed. Thanks. So you were like, I'm going to get this book. I'm going to do this book. Yeah. Even just like how you're talking on the show, uh, both on the Patreon and here. I'm just like, oh shit. 
<laughs> I'm like, Molly has changed. Cleaning house, man. Yeah. Does it feel good? I'm in the growth. I'm oscillating. There's days where I feel like I'm more in survival mode and like very like high pressure. And then there's other other days where I do feel like I'm thriving and I'm really strong and good. Um, and that's why I feel like it's it's almost like a like a car uh, speedometer okay. that just like goes back and forth. Um, yeah, but I'm every day I feel a little better. And the thing that I really, really like about this book, too, that I meant to say in terms of like this whole mental like cleaning out that I'm doing is so I was really working on journaling like writing has always been very very therapeutic for me it's something that I've fallen back on in like my most stressed times of life is I've just written but this it just gives it more direction into Mm -hmm. because I was journaling for like a week or two and then this book fell into my lap and I was like thank god I was kind of running out of things to say I felt like I was just <laughs> like kind of like going around yeah. and around of like saying the same shit I'm like mm-hmm. my, my vocabulary really isn't that expansive I can't complain about the same things with different words so I this it just it gives it more things to like really think about and it just expand your mind too would you say like the journaling you were doing before was kind of just freehand whatever comes to mind whatever I feel like yeah but it was also like pretty in line with like some of the beginnings of this book of like okay like here's like the places where i feel like i'm like kind of like stunted growth and like the the problems that i feel like i'm having Mm -hmm. um and the solutions that i need to get to and like the some of my biggest fears yeah 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 so like really cheery bedtime thoughts you know (laughs) well it's like i mean it's you know whether you call it a journal or a diary it's like i mean not that the point of it but it's like almost like that definition is almost this like you wouldn't want someone else reading it because it's your true honest real thoughts yeah yeah and i think it just like made me discover a lot about myself like i was it through journaling I, i talked about this on the patreon like my anxieties i was like god this is a lot of fucking vanity yeah oh really yeah i found that through journaling i was just like i'm so worried about what other people think of me i'm like i'm i wrote this down i was like i'm insignificant and Mm. that made me feel so good Mm. and then it also just made me realize it was like i hate social media (laughs) i was like if that tweet gets shared one more fucking time and i get tagged it was like just this feeling of everyone looking at me i was like i hate this I was like, it's so fascinating that I was like I it's sort of these things that I felt like just got me like amped up before it was almost like the stress of like okay is it gonna get picked up again like who's thinking about me who's sharing it who's doing this I'm like mm-hmm. none of it matters like it's so insignificant yeah and it it just it has no value so I was just like that those aren't things that really make me happy I thought they did because it was this high mm-hmm. but no yeah i i feel like more and more people that i know are just like getting off social media entirely yeah they're just like i'm done yeah they're like i don't care i talk to who i need to talk to yeah i'm like going back to snapchat i'm like <laughs> oh this photo it's for my friends but yeah. i got 20 strangers talking to me about it but my friends didn't say shit <laughs> yeah um, or it's like that's the scary thing of why or not scary thing that's a fear i think people have of deleting their social media is feeling like they will be out of the loop not invited to things and not thought of 
Yeah. But also because it's like, well, it's gonna be very telling of who is actually thinking about you. Yeah. And I think the pandemic alone was very telling of like, okay, now that like you don't have like the office that you're going to every day and naturally talk to your coworkers, it's like, are you actually going to talk to any of them outside of that? Right. And same with friends of like, oh, who do, who am I naturally uh, reaching out to and, and who's reaching out to really check in on me as opposed to just scrolling my Instagram being like, oh, she looks like she's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like the thing that I've noticed with Instagram and this show for us particularly is that a lot of people have this feeling that they really know me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, naughty, that circle's pretty fucking small, actually. <laughs> but people have this idea of me. Yeah. And so I've like really thought about that when it comes to relationships. I'm like, okay, but if this is like what kind of like my, I have like my inner circle and then kind of like this outer bubble, right? Where mm-hmm. people think that we're tight and I'm just like, I mean, I might invite you to my birthday party, but like probably not. Um, those people feel like they really, really know me. I'm like, well, I'm putting out this perception to people and I have the vision right now to be like, those dogs don't get it. But okay, like the people who I'm, yet to meet yet what bubble are they gonna see me from Mm. if that makes sense yeah based on like kind of the things that i put outward on like public platforms yeah very much or that's the um i like don't have my instagram link to dating apps um but a big part of that is because like what we do yeah but also with i have you know traces of herpes on my profile which i'm not ashamed of but it's just like yeah that's an easy judgmental thing that someone can see and quickly just be like no right and it's like okay you don't even know me and you're judging me on this thing right yeah uh because then my question is like okay when you feel like you are dating though when do you feel like is the time that we truly do show like our real selves and really open up to someone i don't feel like i ever have like you don't feel like anyone's ever gotten near like inner circle no I feel like my good friends have Mm -hmm. like my best friends they're in it no one has gotten past them and that's why I'm like in my next relationship I really want to focus on building a friendship with that person Mm -hmm. and I with the way that I build relationships like I think it's going to be something that is a slow burn because my best friends were not the ones that I was attached at the hip with immediately. No. Like those are the people who are like on my outer circle and they're like, Oh ma, we're so tight. I'm just mm-hmm. like, no, we're fucking not. Um, <laughs> but like the people who have been more of those like slow burns and the constants. Yeah. Like those are my ride or dies. I'm like, those people know me better than I know myself. Like right. they point stuff out to me all the time. And I'm just like, no, oh, that's okay. Um, and I'm like, that is going to be the person, who, uh, the type of person I end up with. But it's harder to, like, kind of get them from that outer bubble, mm-hmm. which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. But that's what I like about this book is, like, thinking about the type of relationships that you're attracting because mm-hmm. that's been a focus of, like, I don't think I'm attracting the ones that really understand me as a person. Right. But I think they think they do, which is super frustrating. Yeah. I don't think I've had someone super super inner circle i've had one person be very close of and i could tell i was being different in that relationship than with other people Mm. of like oh i was being super super open and like communicative of my feelings and affectionate and like and i think a big part of that was just having the security of like i didn't feel like they were gonna like up and leave which i feel a lot of times in today's day and age it's like that dating period 
is the like okay we're dating but like do i know they're dating other people all the, like yeah all those different factors are just like okay i don't know and so you i feel like that often makes me hold back from like being really super affectionate and like giving my love and like really being open with people yeah and it's it almost is that game of like okay well are they really being open with me or like yeah i mean i feel like i've gotten open with people like i've got my script down of like my shit Mm -hmm. um you know just put on like a little three by five card but uh i feel like when i'm seeing someone i'm just like less fun because i'm I, i think i'm just like so focused on like let's get them to accept the shit and then you know we'll move on and also you're just kind of told that like women are just supposed to be like almost like arm candy and you know seen and not heard Mm -hmm. and so i don't i don't really think anyone who i've like really dated like actually even like thought i was funny or like thought i was that bright interesting i'm just like yeah and then like when i had a few tweets go viral last year space jam saw them and he was just like what what's happening Mm -hmm. and he was like these are funny and i was like i'm pretty fucking hilarious yeah. actually like uh, plot twist yeah i don't know if you know this but yeah. uh yeah. your girl's got jokes yeah uh you know what's so funny now that you say that i'm like i almost feel like that's like two spectrums i usually get thrown on i either i'm either thrown on the like i'm this fun cool chill time or i'm this like erica is no bullshit and she knows what she fucking wants and you better come correct like i feel like finding the balance of that for everyone is the challenge yeah. where you're like yeah i would i would love to just have a fun time on these dates but like with things like this, you're like, okay, but I should be actively thinking and putting things out there to be like, okay, is this person truly looking for what I'm also looking for? Right. Uh, but it's hard to do that and be like, woo. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, my fear is like that. my peeve. I fucking hate when people are like, you're not that fun. I'm like, what? I, I can't have like a moment of seriousness. Right. Like I can't ask you a real question. Yeah. Why is it zero or a hundred? Yeah. Yeah. I, mine just comes from a fear of, or a fear of like, like I intentionally cap it because my fun is like a little wild party. But I also, because of that, like in college, most people for a long time thought I was like really stupid because yeah, I was in like different classes than I was with people uh, who I hung out with. Mm-hmm. So they didn't ever like see me in class. And I also had come in with a bunch of credits. So I was in like different classes than all the freshmen. Um, and so I, the classes were hard. I would drink all the time. And then when people found out that I was smart, they were blown away. And mm-hmm. I was like, did you guys think I was a moron this whole time? They thought I like had a disability, like level stupid. Um, which crazy. like that, I don't really mean it like that, but uh, yeah, like people really, really thought that like I was mentally challenged. Yeah. Um, and like struggling like it was like oh i won't be surprised that girl flunks yeah this semester yeah like when i came back after first semester to basketball my friend taryn we're friends now she definitely was like banking that i was gonna get kicked out uh she was a junior and it was uh, like before practice you have to shoot around for like 20 or 30 minutes you have to like Mm -hmm. be on the court ahead of time and so it was me the two other freshmen come out and taryn and my good friend Alyssa were the two juniors on the court. Everyone else was still in the locker room. So Taryn's like warming up shooting and she was like, oh, hey, freshman, how'd you guys do? Do like, how'd you guys do this semester? And the other two like said their grades. And I was like, yeah, I had a three eight. And she 
drops the ball and <laughs> you did better than me and walks out i was like i got go. a b <laughs> i didn't go to the class I got a B. yeah i mean yeah there's that competitiveness yeah, yeah. well it's just like this fear of like oh shit like mm-hmm. when i do act like that like do people think i'm a moron yeah because i also don't want that to be like just a bimbo i mean annoyingly it's like yeah, it's hard, it's hard to be a jack of all trades, I yeah. guess. So it's like, I mean, I've definitely judged people based on whatever part of life I knew them from. Yeah. Of their other parts of life. And then, like, that was like, there were kids in college that I was like, yeah, who is this? And then I would, like, read something they wrote and I'd be like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, this guy's brilliant. He just doesn't <laughs> double check his work. There's, yeah. like, stupid little errors in here, like, kind of thing. So. Yeah. It's like one or two ways. That's true. But. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. I feel like I just, uh, I know we got to wrap, but I feel like I've always kind of come from this, like, protect your heart. Yeah. And, like, don't just let anybody come in and fuck up your world. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, like, yeah, after you had that first heartbreak, you're like, all right, I'm not just going to let anybody come in here. Right. And fuck this shit up again. Yeah. But it's like, you got to take a moment and realize, like, the damage that's been done yeah. from that and kind of... I think also for me, it's like knocking myself off a high horse of like, yeah, I'm great. Like people should want this. It's like, all right, like you got your own shit to deal with. Like, let's <laughs> figure it out. Uh, and then, you know, maybe, maybe they will. Yeah. Yeah. No one's perfect. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty close, but you know, after this book, I will be. Yeah. I'm curious if anybody has done this book, please uh, message us, hit us up yeah. uh, at shooters got to shoot pot on Instagram um and if you want to follow us hit us up uh i'm at sparica with two a's and i'm at the guaca underscore molly so thank you all for listening and we will see you next week bye bye